the program that I coach is called Pastor Way to Fat Loss. I use that platform. And it was getting back to the science. It was how are you fueling your body? What are you putting in it? Are you feeding disease or are you feeding to prevent disease? And it was a total mind shift, not only with wanting to lose the inches, but it was also, wait, it, there's a bigger picture here. It's not only about losing the inches, it's about helping my metabolism and helping my body to prevent disease. Same time in the nursing homes, I'm seeing people my age and younger being admitted with lifestyle diseases, meaning prediabetes, diabetes, things that could possibly be prevented. And so it became my mission, became what I call the nutrition coach pharmacist, is to educate people about what can we do as midlifers. One, yes, we want to get in those genes and feel amazing, but it's also a bigger picture of what can we do to reverse disease and prevent disease. Welcome to Nutrition Without Compromise, a podcast brought to you by Orlo Nutrition. We believe that nutrition shouldn't be an either or, that you should never have to sacrifice your morals for your health or that of our home planet. Join natural products veteran Karina Belizzi and experts from around the globe as they discuss healthy solutions that are better for you and better for the planet. Welcome to another interview episode of Nutrition Without Compromise. I'm your host, Karina Belizzi. In our last episode, we really got to dive into the world of health and nutrition as it relates to toxic loads and things that we might be exposed to in our daily diets that we should seek to avoid, as we got to know Kelly Ryerson, otherwise known as the glyphosate girl. But today we're going to dive into some more practical solutions for you, the things that you can do to ensure that your metabolic health is at its best, to ensure that your health long-term is at its absolute best so that you can live your longest health span. To navigate this conversation, I'm thrilled to be joined by Amy K. Wilson. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Amy Wilson. She is a board-certified geriatric pharmacist. This means that she helps people live their longest, healthiest health span. She's also a certified fitness professional and a certified nutrition coach using the faster way to fat loss. We will be talking about that today to give you some real actionable tips. But it's important that I also remind everyone that we aren't here to treat, diagnose, or cure. Amy's not your service provider, nor am I. We're doing this for education purposes and to ensure that you have the tools you need to live your longest, happiest, and healthiest life. Now, Amy has over 30 years of experience, specifically working with individuals to help them reach their best health. She is passionate about helping people prevent and reverse diseases, diseases that you might confront that are avoidable and even reversible, like prediabetes, type 2 diabetes, and more. Now, it's important that as we open this conversation that you keep an open mind and that you perhaps consider some of what you've already heard in media and take those things with a grain of salt as we seek to inform and help you understand a little bit better how you can manage your health and putting the power of managing your health in your hands. Now, I'm thrilled to bring her up to stage. Amy Wilson, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I know that I am going to learn a thing or two today too. And so I'm someone in my midlife. I've now crossed the threshold into, I think my late forties almost because I'm 47 officially. (laughs) Officially midlife. (laughs) Officially midlife. And so some of the things that we might talk about 
like metabolic disorders, like how this toxic load can impact our overall health, our gut microbiome, all of which impact our ability to lead our best life. I really wanted to learn from you first, what motivated you to really work with people as they're going through this particular age, as they're crossing midlife and into later life and battling some of the changes that we notice as we get older. What brought you to that? Well, I'm midlife too. I'm 53. (laughs) And even though I've been in fitness and I've been in pharmacy for years, I started fitness when I was in, oh, I was 16. So back in the days of the 80s, leg warmers, big hair, that kind of thing. And (laughs) things have changed. Things have changed a lot since the 80s. We've learned, I would say, things that we thought were right. Hello, snack wells low fat, margarine, fat free, that stuff doesn't work anymore. No, and it's good. <laughs> it's not good for you either. It's toxic. But we didn't know any better. And honestly in you know my 20s and my 30s and 40s I would do different diets and different things in fitness and nutrition and as a pharmacist people come to me all the time because we're the most accessible health profession. What supplements should you take? How can I lose weight? As a fitness instructor, same thing. People would come up to me and say, "How can I get healthy? What can I do?" I didn't have a lot of information. I had what was out there. I had what was out there in the media. I had what was out there at the time in my certifications that in my world that I would take. But fast forward into my 40s, perimenopause and menopause. And what was affecting me personally was not only was I getting, I call it fluffy, but I was getting fluffy and my waistline was increasing and my hips were increasing. And it was how I was feeling, headaches, joint pain, A1C crept up to be pre-diabetic. Wait, what? I'm a pharmacist. I'm a nutrition coach. I am a fitness professional. How in the world am I pre-diabetic? Let's stop for a second. What is A1C? I don't know. Oh, okay. So A1C is a snapshot. So it's a snapshot of what your blood sugar is the past 90 days. When you go to the doctor, there's a couple of things that will happen. When you go get your labs, you will get your blood glucose drawn. That is what your blood sugar is at that moment in time. You will also get an A1C. It's hemoglycosylate, hemoglobin A1C. And when they take that test, it gives a snapshot of what your blood sugar has been doing the past 90 days. So they can see trends. So even if they take this at one time, they're able to see trends over the past? Yes, That's so strange. I wasn't aware. So normal is around a 5, 5 5.2. When you start getting to 5.7, 5.8, 6, you're pre-diabetic. You get to 8, 9, 10, your full-blown diabetes. So it's a good marker, especially in your midlife. If you have not had an A1C, it's usually standard now. If you go and get labs done, it's usually standard. But mine was increasing. Diabetes runs in my family. I thought it was just with the men, obviously not. And I was looking at other things and here I am and I'm not immune to social media. I'm not immune to the articles of lose weight quickly, do this, do that. And even though I knew better- Apple cider vinegar gummies. Right, yeah, pure (laughs) sugar. We can get in that one later. Yeah. 
I know, but you see these influencers coming on and it makes it look like everyone's lost 30 pounds just eating gummies, which is not the reality. I mean, those of us who are in the know have it clear in our minds, like that isn't how you lose weight, just sucking down some gummy vitamins. It's not going to work. Drink this and miraculously come out the other side in a size two. It just doesn't work. And with finding what was working for me and watching some other friends who were doing the program that I coach is called Fast Way to Fat Loss. I use that platform and it was getting back to the science. It was how are you fueling your body? What are you putting in it? Are you feeding disease or are you feeding to prevent disease? And it was a total mind shift, not only with wanting to lose the inches, but it was also, wait, there's a bigger picture here. It's not only about losing the inches, it's about helping my metabolism and helping my body to prevent disease. Same time in the nursing homes, I'm seeing people my age and younger being admitted with lifestyle diseases, meaning prediabetes, diabetes, things that could possibly be prevented. And so it became my mission, became what I called the nutrition coach pharmacist, is to educate people about what can we do as midlifers. One, yes, we want to get in those genes and feel amazing, but it's also a bigger picture of what can we do to reverse disease and prevent disease. So it's all kind of Everything's melded, my fitness, my nutrition, and pharmacy all into a the nutrition coach pharmacist. So let's talk about what leads people to this pre-diabetic state. And then I want to help people understand why eating less doesn't work and how they can get over that mindset. Because as somebody who also grew up in the 80s and 90s, right? Like I was in graduated in high school in 94, right? So if you think about that time, it was all about restrictive eating and going to Weight Watchers and not having more than 20 points a day or whatever it was, right? And so you basically fueled a bunch of people leaning towards anorexia, bulimia, or exercise bulimia, which is you eat a lot and then you exercise, you double down on that, right? So I feel like those issues were like front and center for our generation, those Gen Xers out there. And I think that this may be a little bit less of a problem for millennials, I don't know, but that we're also still confronting some sort of disordered eating, especially when we start to say, eat less for a long period of time. So let's talk about what leads people to being pre-diabetic or having these issues with metabolism and then dive into why eating less doesn't work. So part one, the diabetes part. Deep breath people, because this one may shock you. You think you're doing everything right. And that's what's hard. You think you're doing everything right. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're eating the low fat or the healthy choice or the lean cuisine. And you're doing what your doctor said and eat less is usually a lot of times what they say. You need to eat less and go get a treadmill. Here's the issue is that if you are putting in your body ultra processed foods, that's not helping you. And in fact, that's actually increasing your chronic inflammation because diabetes is not just a sugar disorder. It's an inflammation disorder. And it comes from all sorts of angles. And when you can start getting rid of the ultra processed foods, because that also does have a lot of sugar, has a lot of added sugar in it, along with chemicals, along with artificial flavors. Your body just doesn't know what to do with this so-called food, but it's not really food. 
that will have a tendency, one, to increase the inflammation in your body. It will also promote insulin resistance and decrease your insulin sensitivity, which is what happens with type 2 diabetes. It's not something that happens overnight. That's what people don't understand. You don't go to the doctor's office and say, oh, I have type 2 diabetes or, oh, I have high blood pressure. It's been the habits that you may not realize were damaging that you thought you were doing everything right, or you thought you were doing healthier. You thought, hey, I'm not that bad. I'm not going to McDonald's every day. But your body doesn't know how to process that kind of food. Your body craves real nutrition. It craves protein, fats, and carbohydrates. It doesn't crave chemicals. And so, like I said, I don't want anybody to think like, oh my gosh, I could have done this. A lot of it, what we're told in the media is so wrong. And no wonder people have what I call analysis paralysis. When you go onto Google and you look up everything that you just don't know where to start and you don't know what to believe because you've been told some of the wrong things probably since our teenage years. Yeah. So the core that I think people need to keep in mind is that they do have these three primary macronutrients that they need, right? They need proteins. They do need carbohydrates, but healthy carbohydrates and they need fats. And so we need to automatically put away this idea that fats are bad. It's really more about balance. And I mean, I've worked with a personal trainer and nutrition coach who's basically said, look, we don't realize the diets that we have we might think that we're eating a balanced diet, that we're getting 40% of our nutrients from protein and a 30 from carbs and 30 from fat until you actually track it. And so you start to write down or use an app to log what you've consumed and you see, oh my gosh, my balance has been more like 70% carbohydrates. So kind of no wonder I'm overeating because I'm not getting the things that my body needs. And so one of the things that I like to counsel people to do in my world is just say, download a fitness tracker. I'm going to be agnostic about brands. There are plenty of free apps out there and log your food. And guess what? You can put in the grams of carbohydrates. Most foods, they will actually automatically have, okay, an egg has six grams of protein and this many grams of fat. And so they'll already have that in there. You log that you ate one egg and it'll show you what percent you actually have of each of these things. And then over the course of a month, you can actually start to shift what you're consuming to be more in balance and you'll have more control and you'll feel more satiety because you'll be getting more fiber, right? Because when we're really good about this, when we eat more like the plate in my background here and you have arugula and like some tomatoes and maybe some shaved radishes, it makes for a colorful plate. It's visually pleasing. It's full of flavor. And guess what? If you eat like that consistently, and you're getting more fiber consistently, and you're getting more protein consistently, you are going to be in a healthier spot and you aren't going to be overloaded with all these sugars that lead you towards a pre-diabetic state. Absolutely. And people don't realize until you start tracking it. And, and a lot of people think that's restrictive. I would challenge you and understand that when you start tracking, you actually end up eating more when you eat real food. It's restrictive when you eat ultra-processed foods because those are very calorie-dense. They're smaller and they're not macronutrient-dense. And a lot of people forget that carbohydrates are fruit and vegetables. And fruit is not the enemy. And I'll get that all the time. Well, I'm pre-diabetic. I shouldn't eat fruit. Fruit sugar is not the enemy. It's the added process sugar that's in the other stuff that you're eating. That's what we want to 
try to decrease. And once you start tracking and see how much protein you should be intaking, how much fat you should be intaking, how many carbohydrates you should be intaking, and you get that balance, it's like magic. The doors open up, you feel better, you have more energy, you don't need that two o'clock nap or that two o'clock cup of coffee because now you're feeding your body what it needs. Well, I think we can expand on this too. I mean, many people who listen to podcasts have probably listened to Dr. Gabrielle Lyons' show and she's the protein queen. She's always talking about how we need to consume more protein. And of late, she's had several people on who've talked about the protein quotient, how much you really need in a day and what women in particular should focus on getting at each meal if they can, which is 30 grams of protein. That's more than we grow up hearing that we need it. I mean, even the protein shakes out there, usually they're 15 to 20 grams, maybe they're 22 until you get in the bodybuilder styles and they might be 25 or 30, right? So it's hard for people, I think, generally to understand how much that is, but a simple slice, a deck of card size piece of meat has about 30 grams of protein in it. Of course, if you go to a vegetarian source, vegetarian sources are not as nutrient dense they might have a lot of micronutrients. They also have fiber, so they're going to make you feel fuller. You might have to eat more of them. So I follow a particular vegan influencer and she does these things like what I eat in a day. It's astounding how much food, like the volume of food that she eats. But then if you do a caloric analysis, you find, first of all, that she is about a 30, 30, 40. She's getting a lot of protein. She's getting quite a bit of fat and she's getting quite a lot of healthy carbs every day and probably consuming about 1500 calories, which isn't a huge amount. Some people need more, some people need less. When I did my nutrient profile, I'm, I'm clocking in about 1200. But when I sit there and analyze and I'm really good about getting my balance straight of getting 40% of my calories from protein, 30 from fat and 30 from carbs, I personally find that I have a hard time eating all of it. I'll actually get to the point where I'm like, oh gosh, I need to eat another meal late in the evening. Like, cause I didn't hit my macros. And I know that that language will sink in for some people. Like if you target hitting your macros, then you'll find that things come into line. And when I am religious about that, I drop pounds. I've been a little less so lately. So I need to get back on that horse. That is probably, I would say the biggest complaint of my clients when they first start working with me is the amount of food. Because we, we talked about, we were so used to being restrictive. We're used to being on a diet. We're used to being told we can't eat this. And then all of a sudden you're being told, what, I have to eat all of this? And you expect me to eat all this protein and the myths out there that it's going to damage my kidneys, it's not good for me. And to dispel a lot of those belief systems, those myths, and understand that, yes, and especially in midlife, we need protein because we don't metabolize it as well. We don't break it down as well as we age. And so we absolutely do need that 25 to 30 grams each meal. And it may sound like a lot, but once you start getting into it and like, it's just like a deck of cards of a turkey breast or a chicken breast. And when you start putting that in every meal, the problem is what people will do is like, Oh, I didn't hit protein day. And they'll make one big meal out of protein. When you break <laughs> it up a little bit, it makes it so much more doable. Yeah, that's for sure. And I find for myself, what I like to do is that I will not spend as much time in the morning and for lunch making my meal 
I'll focus on having more of the traditional meal a little later in the day with my family because then it's quality time with my family. But during the morning and afternoon, I'm making myself a protein shake or I'm making a quick little tofu salad or something like that because I've been more oriented towards plant-based, kind of following this mantra that Jonathan Safran Foer puts out there of no animal products before dinner, which people go any number of ways. I'm not advocating for only one diet. I'm just saying there are different ways to approach this and you can still get there. But there are some core elements that I think people need to be clear about as they support this journey. And often if they are confronting a metabolic issue, they're seeing a doctor and the doctor is giving them a drug and that drug might be something that supports their blood sugar like metformin, or it could be some of these newer, what I would call designer weight loss drugs that are all over the place in Hollywood now and that people are kind of going to the doctor and asking for. I'd love for you to talk about this issue and just get a perspective from a pharmacist of what you'd like to see happen and what you think can actually work for individuals long-term. So let me first put our disclaimer out there that I'm a pharmacist who doesn't like medication, meaning that I think we need to try something first. So I would rather see you not on medication. That being said, there are reasons for medications. There are reasons that some people need to be on medications. When it comes to most medications, it's a treatment. It's just not a cure. It's a Band-Aid. Whether you have high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, it's not curing the disease. It's just helping treat it for that period of time. My problem with the GLP-1s, which is Wagovi, Ozempic, Monjero, some more to come out soon, is that it's being used as a designer boutique drug. There are people who need to be on it. There are people who do need to be on it. They might be type 2 diabetes who's not under control. The thing is, is that when they're finding out is that these drugs cause quite a bit of weight loss. So instead of someone who maybe needs to lose quite a bit of weight, we're seeing the people who need to lose 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 pounds going for these medications. Always know that medications always have a side effect profile. Always. And saying that it's not going to happen to me is, is just unrealistic. What did you say this class of drugs is called? GLP-1. GLP-1. And what is GLP-1? GLP is glucagon-like peptide. And it's a hormone that's produced in the gut. And what it does is it increases insulin. And it also helps to slow down gastric motility. Those are its two big things that it does. And so by slowing down the gastric motility, it makes you feel like you're full, either the weight loss. So when you take these medications, yeah, you will lose weight because you're not hungry. But the problem is if you're not working with someone like me or somebody who is helping you to make sure that you're getting the nutrition because our bodies are machines. Our bodies are one big chemical reaction. They need nutrition. If you're still eating the diet food or just eating ultra processed foods and fast food, yeah, you will lose weight, but you're not preventing future diseases. You're not preventing something called frailty. If you think about someone that is older and maybe they're shuffling, maybe they have osteoporosis or they look frail, that's frailty. What we're seeing with these designer drugs or with the Ozempic is that it's not body fat that's being lost, it's muscle mass being lost. And when that is being lost, that is your metabolism. 
That is your fountain of youth. That is what's going to keep you thriving later in life. And when you go off this medication, you no longer have that metabolism. You'll gain the weight right back because you weren't feeding your body and you weren't building muscle at the same time. There is a way to use these medications, but the problem is, is how they're being distributed now, whether it's online or just you're going to this boutique and getting it, that they're doing a very big disservice. What I'm afraid of is like in five years, we are going to start seeing the bone fractures. We're going to see an increase in osteoporosis. We're going to see an increase in frailty in somebody that you would think who should be 80, but they're actually in their 50s. And that's scary. So when we talk about this, you said specifically that these GLP-1 class drugs actually slow down the way your gut functions. Now, I find that rather alarming. So what does that mean for your microbiome? Good question. Because one, if you're not eating right, your microbiome is not there in the first place. So you're not having the good bacteria. The other thing is, is that it's sitting there, right? It's toxins sitting there. That's not healthy. We know that that could increase colon cancer. The other problem with that is in some people, it's a total shutdown causing gastroparesis. And when that happens, you're always going to feel full. You're never going to be able to eat right. And unfortunately, it's not reversible. That's what's scary. So when we think about things like this, like if you have a pet in your life, you see your pets go through this period. Like my dog is 12 years old now, right? And she's starting to slow down. And there's some days where it seems like she doesn't want to eat dinner anymore. And when that happens, I'm like, oh gosh, what's going on? Like, what do I need to address with her? Because they don't complain loud. They just will gradually kind of stop eating as much. And then their health can really start to decline very rapidly because you can see kind of this rapid order, what will happen if you stop eating, right? And so we know too, especially from our prior interview with Dr. William Lee, who wrote Eat to Beat Disease and also Eat to Beat Your Diet, that metabolically, we don't shift much until our 60s. And even then, it's just a little bit, as long as you're talking about the same level of body fat. But body fat and an abundance of it actually does slow down your metabolism. So at the same time, it's important that we build muscle, which is our metabolic machine, and that we reduce fat. So how do we do that without turning to a drug that can slow down our metabolism and stop digestion. I mean, stopping digestion is a very bad thing. Can we just say that? Like, this should be common sense. Yeah. And I'm a human too, because I see this and I'm like, oh my gosh, how cool is it? But you're not seeing what's going on the inside. You're only seeing the outside. And yeah, it may look great, but in 20 years, that older self, are they going to look back and go, girlfriend, you really shouldn't have done that because you're not where you want to be. The problem that we have with perimenopause and menopause is that we kind of did it to ourselves a little bit with the increase in fat because we've yo-yo dieted for years. And kind of like the same thing that's going on right now, when we yo-yo diet and we're restricted, we weren't using fat for fuel. People were telling us all the time, oh, you're burning fat. That hunger, that's great. Or you're sweating, that's fat crying. No, it's not. If you're not eating and you're working out, you're using muscle, hands down. 
So yes, the studies have come out that says our metabolism doesn't shift much until we're 65 and all of us are going, wait, what? Huh? And then only by like a little bit, like it's not a huge amount. (laughs) Yeah. It's like everybody's mind blown about this study and all the women are like, wait a minute, how is that possible? Because 45 hits and I gain weight. It's because of what we did in the past It's because we use that muscle and our metabolism. Our bodies are meant not to shut down. We do it to ourselves. So what can we do? It really comes down to two things. Eat right, eat real food and build muscle. You have to eat in order to retain muscle and you have to eat in order to build muscle. When you don't eat, your body needs energy. It will not get it from fat because that is a long, long process to break down fat for energy. It's very quick to get it from muscle. So it's science. When your body has all the right things and you're fueling your body and you are giving it what it needs and it can build muscle, then it's like, hey, she's doing some really good stuff here. We have all the time in the world. Now we can use fat for fuel. We don't have to break down the muscle tissue. And as we age, muscle, that's our bank account. We need to keep building that muscle. We need to keep putting stuff in that bank because that's what's gonna keep us thriving. That's what's gonna keep us healthy. That's what's gonna keep us from breaking hips keep us independent. And it's just comes down to building muscle and eating. So we pick up heavy things and put them down. (laughs) I mean, this is why I am my healthiest when I'm doing weight training. And I know that, right? And it was easy to fall out of those habits with COVID because everyone got scared of going to the gym and even my gym shut down for a while. So I had to buy some weights and then making time for them with two little kids and a busy work schedule becomes challenging too. But setting that time aside, I know I feel my best when I'm lifting weights at least four times a week. And that might sound like a lot, but going there and having those moments of being able to pick some stuff up and put it down, using some of the free weights, watching my muscles, feeling how they feel when I've exerted them and having that relief of having expended this excess energy in a way that you pent up. I sleep more soundly when I lift weights. I don't find that I am as hungry for the things that are unhealthy for me when I lift weights. And so I'd like to help us destigmatize some of this around muscle building. It's hard to build muscle. It takes a lot of effort to build muscle. It takes time to build muscle, but it's also not rocket science. We need to give our bodies enough protein and then lift some weights and do some strength training. Maybe you're also doing lunges. You can do lunges anywhere and that operates as a body weight type of weightlifting. So there's plenty you can do even within your own home. Do you have specific resources that you like to point people to so that they can start to increase their muscle mass, which is that, again, metabolic lifter, while also operating in its own way like an organ? Muscles, it's an organ. Muscle is an organ. Yeah. Let's go back to prediabetes and type two diabetes. The more muscle you have, the more insulin receptors you have, the more muscle you'll have, the more that pulls, pulls sugar out of your blood. So your blood glucose goes down. So there are so many reasons why to have muscle. There's so many reasons that we know that that also prevents disease. You can start anywhere, whether you're a beginner, whether you're getting back into it, it doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to do it at a gym. You can do this at home. You can do it body weight. You can use bands. With my program, it's virtual. So it's one of those things that you have the access and the ability to do it at home. 
find something that works for you and have a community or have a coach or have a spouse, someone that also is going to help you stand and get into that. Maybe it's your exercise room, maybe it's the gym, but it's going to keep you in that habit because starting the habit, I always say that starting the habit is always the hardest part. Once you get into it, it's so much better. And once you start getting the results and you start feeling better, it almost becomes, I won't say an addiction, but it just becomes that you just want to increase on how you're doing things. You want to be there. You want to feel good. And like you said, it's, it really does go over into how you eat because now you understand it's like, oh, well, if I want to be able to lift weights and I want to be able to get muscle, then I need to eat better. And it just becomes this amazing, positive, I would say snowball effect that your cognition is better. So not only, you know, we're preventing possibly Alzheimer's and dementia, which has also been referred to as type three diabetes, right? So it's like having too much sugar over a lifetime while remaining too sedentary and making yourself essentially your insulin disrupted, so to speak. And now you essentially have created a cascade of problems that ultimately ends in late life neurodegenerative diseases. So we're finding that these things are tied to inflammation they're tied to overconsumption of carbohydrates and underconsumption of other macronutrients and fiber for one of them, which I think it's important to note also fiber slows down your digestion too, but in a natural way, right? So you get a bulk of fiber in your gut, you're going to get more nutrients out of your food because it takes a, just a little bit more time. You'll also to go through your digestive tract, right? It also, what does it do? It makes you feel more full. So you feel satisfied. I like to say fiber is like the dishwasher for your intestines because, I mean, think about it. You want that fiber. So where Wagovi and Ozempic just stops everything, fiber is only slowing it down. But as it's slowing it down, it kind of covers your stomach. It covers the intestines. Those things slowly get absorbed. It's not shutting down your system. And as it's going through the system, it's scrubbing. And that's what's going to prevent the colon cancer. That's why we know that people with lower fiber, that's why we're seeing younger and younger people with colon cancer, because we know it's ultra processed food. We know it's less fiber. And when we can get that fiber in, question I'll get, what about Metamucil? What about Benafiber? What about that? (laughs) Psyllium husk, right? Just throw it in the blender. (laughs) If you're going to do that, yes, absolutely do psyllium husk. But the more natural the source, the whole food source, the better. The less that you can do a supplement like that, that supplement is highly processed. Most of them have sugar, apple cider, gummy, vinegar, because they're pure sugar. Yeah, I mean, that's a completely different story. But the thing that's really interesting, I think, here too, is to help people understand that when they're eating whole foods... They're also ingesting prebiotic fibers, which feed your microbiome. And so if we focus on eating fiber-rich foods, whether they be fruits and vegetables on down the line, that we're going to get these things that keep our guts healthy, that help us digest the other foods that we're consuming so that we can be our healthiest. Because what? You have 37 trillion of your own cells and 39 trillion microbiota. (laughs) It's crazy. Wow. Okay. So I feel like we've covered a lot of ground so far. I really would like to talk about two things. One is 
how we can actually reverse some of the signs of aging, because I think vanity appeals to a lot of us, right? Like, oh, if it looks good on the outside, I'm maybe more likely to stick to that because I'm seeing a difference in the mirror. And then the other is what are your favorite supplements? Like what things do you think that we need to go to, to help set us up for success because it's just tough to get enough of it from your diet? So let's talk about reverse aging. And I'm going to go on the sugar kick. When we consume way too much sugar, we spike our blood sugar. And when we start spiking our blood sugar, that actually does a lot of damage to our mitochondria. It does damage to our DNA telomeres. Those are the endpoints of your DNA. If you think about, you can call them like shoelace caps. Yeah, shoelace caps. Yeah, they keep them from raveling. <laughs> as we age, those caps get smaller. So what we know is that as we use real food, we can actually grow those telomeres. So they get longer instead of shorter. But when you have a lot of sugar, it gets shorter. Shorter DNA speeds up the aging process. Less mitochondria speeds up the aging process. So if we can do real food and the protein, the micronutrients, the carbohydrates, the fiber, everything that we've been talking about, you are going to find that one, not only does your skin look better, that you have less wrinkles, you're going to feel that your body feels younger. It's going to do all the things that you want to do. As for the second question for supplements, some supplements are hard to get. I am not a big fan of a multivitamin. The reason being is that most multivitamins are pressed. And there are so many studies out there that show that it absolutely does not get absorbed. It goes straight through you. There was a study years ago on nursing home residents and pretty much the vitamin was unchanged. Nothing was absorbed. It doesn't work. I'm a big fan of getting it from your whole food nutrition. If you can, there are some things that you can't there are some things that maybe you need a little bit help with. I do take a probiotic. I get that from a company called Natrium that is microencapsulated. Oh, the Healthy Trinity? Yes. Love it. I love that product. So let's talk about this for a moment. I'm not one to really endorse many products, frankly, but the Healthy Trinity by Natrium is a combination of three different probiotics. So that's why it's called the Healthy Trinity. It's sold in the refrigerator section. It's in a capsule, not a tablet. And if I ever get to a point where I feel like, oh God, I'm just recovering from some stomach bug or something and I'm not feeling very good, there are two products I tend to go to. One is BioK, which is absolutely live concentrated, like yogurt style bifidobacterium and the Healthy Trinity. And I will notice that my, well, everything just returns to normal, let's say. Like your stool is just the way it's supposed to be and it's not painful and you're not having an issue. You go every day, maybe once or twice a day, just fine. And there's no issues. So I feel like that's a really good indication that it's working and it's worked for me several times. So you don't necessarily need to take that product every single day. I've actually used it more allopathically, but I find that it really works. So I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And I have a lot of clients who have gut issues. We put them on that and it's amazing how their gut issues are just, they just go away. The other one is actually from you guys is Orlo. So my problem with omega-3s in the past have been one, fish burps are just the most disgusting thing in the world. But the sourcing of the omega-3 is so questionable now. 
And you just don't know what you're putting in your body. You don't know where it's coming from. So I am really excited with the Orlo product, with the Omega-3 that it went carbon negative and that it comes from algae. It just blows my mind and it's such a cool process. I mean, it used to be that you couldn't get EPA from algae at all. So now that we've got that, it's like, well, there's really not a reason to go to the fish oil anymore. And no fish burps. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, it's the best part because most people will say they cannot stand taking an omega because of the indigestion. And I have had not even a burp, not even that. So it's a phenomenal product to get those omega threes. Well, and I have to say, my son, who's eight, he now comes and asks for these because he says that he feels like he's more focused. I mean, my eight year old is a textbook case of ADHD. And I don't see a dramatic change in that. I'm just going to say that. But he says he notices a difference. And I'm like, okay, great. So what helps him? Tea. We give him black tea or green tea. He responds well to a little bit of caffeine. We know that his teachers say that when he gets that, he's better. And the DHA is helping him too. So he's getting EPA and DHA from algae half the fat in your brain and eyes is made up of this stuff. So you need to supplement with it if you're not consuming fish four times a week. And I don't know just about anybody who's consuming fish four times a week. So that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about daily supplementation of omega-3s. And then the other piece is that because this is so pure, I mean, the fact that we're able to minimally process it and preserve the polar lipid form means that even those who have APOE4, which is a genome type that a quarter of the population has, we're talking at least one representation, that's like 25% of people, those individuals are more likely to experience that type 3 diabetes, Alzheimer's, and these other degenerative diseases of the brain. And so if you're more likely to have that issue, you need to increase your chances of absorption at every front. Fish burps. I mean, we've heard people like Dr. Tassone, who's been on the show. He said, yeah, well, you know, my people who still want to take fish oil, I'll tell them to stick it in the freezer. And then usually they don't complain as much about the burps. You're putting a Band-Aid on a problem in that case. And as somebody who has been in the omega-3 industry for over two decades now, I have to say that usually if you're really experiencing that, it means that the fish oil has gone rancid. And if you're putting a rancid oil in your body, the negative health implications of that can also be quite vast. So you kind of erase the anti-inflammatory properties that that omega-3 might have stimulated before because of the fact that it is now oxidized. And so I want to just give people a tip here because I always encourage people to cook healthy food at home as much as you can so you know what you're putting in your body so there's less processed foods, right? There's a simple test to check if something is rancid that you can perform organoleptically in your own home. So let's say you have that cooking oil in the cabinet and like me, I don't use very much of it. So it's there for a while. Sometimes I don't know if it's gone bad or not. Now I'm pretty good at smelling, smell testing, but a lot of people aren't that good at detecting when it goes kind of off. But if you take that oil and you just rub it between your fingers like this, so you just like rub it between your fingers and then you separate your fingers and kind of touch them together and then pull them apart. If it feels sticky, almost like you had a low grade glue, it's rancid. Don't consume it. Like literally just throw it away. And so that's something that you can do on your olive oil or your corn oil or your safflower oil or even your flax oil. So it doesn't matter what type of oil, that stickiness, that means it's gone rancid. That is an awesome tip. I've had some other tips, but I like that one better. <laughs> well, it kind of takes the guesswork out of it. 
What were the other tips you've heard? Well, the smell one is definite. If you get that kind of almost like, I want to say after smell, it's like you smell it, but there's just something off about it. That was always the big one and the color change too. But a lot of people don't use it enough or the bottle's a different color that they can't tell it had a slight oxidation change. Yeah. Well, what I will say is you probably already know this even without being told, because if you go to a bottle that you've used a bunch of times, open, closed and poured, the edge of the bottle will be sticky. Also, if you've cooked with oil a lot, you'll notice that your cabinets themselves get a kind of a tacky feel to them because the oxidized lipids that end up in the air will then adhere to your countertops and your cupboards and things like that and need to be cleaned off. So we want to eliminate that as much as possible. That means when you're cooking with oil, that you're cooking with an oil at an appropriate heat that can handle that. I think we can also just guide people towards poaching more and using steaming to cook their foods as opposed to using these other methods that require oils because you add a lot of calories with the oils and you also add the potential of oxidizing the lipid and then consuming something that is oxidized, which can create inflammation in the body. It ends up being a carcinogen. What ends and we don't want to promote cancer. We just don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, you were just give yeah. me the chills in a really bad way. <laughs> but yes, I mean, same story. So we need to think a little bit about the practical things that we do in our, our lives. I want to point people to an earlier episode where I interviewed Dr. Joel Furman on this show because he talks about things like salad dressings too, and he has a few recipes that he likes to offer people where he even says. Don't bother with the seed oils at all. Don't bother with oils at all. Just make your dressings from raw nuts and seeds and fruit juices, like an orange juice or a lemon juice. And so you use that acid. Of course, if you want to use apple cider vinegar or some other vinegars, you could do that. But to just use these glorious nuts and seeds that you can blend up and make this amazing dressing with. I think that's a great idea because you're getting the whole nutrition of that nut or seed then too, which can then give you more fiber. (laughs) And we're back to the same story. Whole foods, everything we're talking about. Exactly. Absolutely. You get back to the basics. You get the real like whole fat that's not all oxidized. You get the real fiber that's not all this gross. It's not like some isolate or something. And then you also get the proteins that are in those things as well. So you're getting a whole nutrition source which I just love. And I use one of his recipes. He has a recipe for, I think it's pistachio, sunflower, and orange. And it was so good. And then you can augment it with like the spices that you like and stuff like that. It was just so good. And I felt like I was eating almost a dessert because it was so rich and such a taste explosion in my mouth. And that's, I think, the thing that I want to encourage people to think about. is like, if you do this right, eating becomes this pure joy. Like it's not just eating a snack bar on the go. And it's satisfying. And sometimes when you have a candy bar, you're just like, okay, now what else? When you eat real food and your taste buds actually do change, fruit becomes candy. Taste is amazing. When you go back to the ultra processed foods, now it tastes like chemicals. And so you'll understand why it's so important to fuel your body with real food so that those chemical reactions in your body can occur and your taste buds are going to explode and they're going to thank you for it. It's one of those things that you're just like, okay, you know what? Mm -mm. I'm not going to go back this way because I like the way I feel. I like the way food tastes and I know it's good for me. 
I always say we have the power to change. We have the power to prevent disease. We just have to embrace it and go for it. I love that. Well, I have to say, this has been such a fantastic conversation. I definitely appreciate the nod to Orlo, but I also just want to wholeheartedly say, I also love the Healthy Trinity product. And so if there are two products that you consider kind of taking into your daily life and making part of your cabinet or on your bathroom counter or something like that, so you remember to take it, these two things are really great to have. The Healthy Trinity needs to be refrigerated but that is not true of the omegas. You can literally put them on your bathroom counter or in the kitchen, wherever you'll remember to take them. That's why we package them in Muron Violet Glass because it keeps all the light out and it's a great product for daily use. I will say to those that listen to this show, get a bonus discount at checkout if you use the code NWC and that will apply even to our Tested by You campaign. So you can actually verify your present level of omega-3s, EPA and DHA in your cells And then again, after four months of supplementation, this is a hundred dollars worth of tests to verify where you're at. And that's not something that I've seen any company do. We're giving you the before and after results. So you can not only check where you're at, but then verify four months later after consuming your omega-3s every day for four months. And you can literally see the change in your blood. So it's simple to do. I wonder too, because you are a pharmacist, if you recommend other tests that people verify, like let's say their levels of vitamin D or their iron. Yeah. So vitamin D, especially because we don't really have a baseline of where the best optimum vitamin D is. We know that under 30 is subpar. And someone says, well, I get sunshine. Well, you also probably have long sleeves on or you have, I can't help it. I just laugh because I've had my test done and I'm like a sun bunny, you know, like I don't like to wear sunscreen. I have Mediterranean blood. It doesn't seem to matter that I'm pale. Like I tan really easy. And because I tan really easy, apparently I don't make enough vitamin D from the sun. Like I'm metabolically just screwed there. Yeah. As much as the sunshine is wonderful go out and get the sun. You need it for your emotional health. It doesn't mean your vitamin D is great. And it doesn't matter where you live. The only people that have really good vitamin D are closest to the equator. Now they're pretty good. So I definitely say get your vitamin D tested. Most people are actually under what's under 30, which is the level of being very subpar. So yes, absolutely. A1C, especially as we're getting older, get it done because we don't know. And I don't want someone going to the doctor going, oh, I feel run down. I'm going to the bathroom all the time. All the symptoms of type two diabetes, when you can catch this so much earlier and start making the necessary adjustments in your diet, in your fitness to actually reverse that. Honestly, magnesium is another good one because we are also magnesium deficient. We're so worried about sodium. We're so worried about sodium. We totally forget about magnesium and magnesium helps us sleep. Magnesium helps our energy. Magnesium helps our mood. And that's another one that a lot of people are deficient in. There are lots of different sources of magnesium and most of us don't get enough. And those would be like the three. Yeah. It's so easy. Yeah. And it's so easy. Like I have to say, it's so easy. Like with magnesium, if you find yourself getting muscle cramps, you're deficient. Like that's your body telling you, you don't need a doctor to go and check it, frankly. And so it's a really easy thing to do. I actually have Calms, which is a brand of product uh, on my shelf, but I also have tablet form. And I will sometimes just make myself a cup of tea and I'll take a teaspoon or two of that and throw it in. 
at night and have it be like my calming reading a book with some chamomile tea that also has some magnesium in it and then sleep really well, like really well and relax. I mean, your muscles just start to relax. You just don't notice them as much. It's an awesome thing. And I so appreciate that mention because as women too, so many of us don't know that magnesium is also connected to bone health. Like we hear about calcium all day long, but if you don't get enough magnesium, you also aren't building good strong bones. So we need both of these minerals and we need to be getting them in balance. So thank you for that mention. Now, I think most of these tests that you're talking about, like testing for your vitamin D and also testing for, I wrote it down. A1C. And actually the test I got from Orlo had that option. It had both vitamin D and A1C. We didn't cover that part, so you could actually choose to add it on. If you do get that test from Orlo, you can test your level with the tested by you. So it's done by Omega Quant, their third-party lab. We've covered the Omega-3 side, and then you can actually choose in the same test to fill the other bubbles and then pay a little bit extra to get those results along with your Omega-3 index. So that's really cool. I thought I saw CoQ10 and vitamin D. I didn't see A1C. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) maybe they added that. That could be, I think it was the last one of the bubble. Yeah, because I registered my kit a few months ago. I haven't done my second test, but yeah, I'm planning to soon. I went through a change where I removed fish from my diet. And so I did this whole four-month washout period of not consuming fish at all and just taking our omegas every day. And just doing that with a single dose of our omegas every day, I had a level of six and a half which is pretty good. Like most Americans are between three and four. So I therefore increased my dosage a bit. And so I've yet to take the second test to see where I land, but I'm planning to do that in November. So it's a way to see, did I get to the right point? Am I at the eight to 12% that's ideal? Or do I need to make another adjustment while not consuming fish? Even though I loved fish for a long, long time, I just don't think it's clean anymore. And And I don't believe it's sustainable. So it's just, everybody makes their personal choice about their nutrition. I'm not going to villainize people for making whatever choices they make, but this is a decision I came to with, with my knowledge base. All right. Well, any closing words, any thoughts, Amy, for the rest of our audience to think through? I would just say, don't get the analysis paralysis. Don't go down the Google rabbit hole. It's so easy to go on Google and WebMD and try to get the latest and greatest thing. If it's too good to be true, it is. If it looks like you're going to lose 20 pounds in 20 days, it's not going to work. It might work for a short period of time, but it's going to come back. There's nothing ever wrong with whole food nutrition and lifting weights and building muscle. There's nothing ever wrong. Yes, it may be slower. It may not be on your timetable, but it will prevent disease. It will get you where you need to be, where your body wants to be. And you have the resources and the power to be able to do it. Sometimes you need a little bit of help. That's okay to reach out to invest in yourself and maybe hire somebody, whether it's myself or somebody else, just to get you started, to get you on your path. But the one thing that we can do is make ourselves healthy. We can do our best to prevent disease and to live a long, happy, healthy life. 100%. Thank you so much, Amy. And again, 
Her website is amykwilson.com. You can go right there. I'm going to include all sorts of links with our show notes so that you can find your way directly to Amy. And I just have so valued your time today, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So as it stands today, I think we've all been given a fairly simple action list, and it's to focus on real whole foods for our nutrition, to look at a few key supplements that we might need to add in order to fill those nutrition gaps. I've always recommended an omega-3 because it's so hard to get enough omega-3 in your daily diet. And of course, Orlo provides this option now with a Tested by You campaign that can really help you manage your health. You're assured that you're going to get a product that will not burn back on you and one that also is absorbable, three times better absorbed than fish oil. Now, as we think about the whole picture, getting to the gym or doing some body opposition exercises that actually bear some weight, these are going to be immensely helpful for your long-term health. There are simple tests that we all get asked to do in our much later years, the sit test. Can you stand up and sit back down and stand up to something like a a standard chair without having to reach for something to lift up? This is all critically important to keep muscle in our lower bodies so that we can sustain ourselves in our later years. Now, if you have aging parents or aging adults in your community, you probably know about these things. But think for yourself for a moment, what I do today is going to impact my health later. And so making these choices and doing a little better today and each day thereafter is going to make a huge difference for your health long-term. I hope that you'll join me and again, thanking Amy Wilson for joining us today. You can go to our website, amykwilson.com. I'll include links with show notes. She provides tremendous tools on her social platforms and is just very real with you. So you could visit her Instagram page as one of their spots to engage with her. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. And while you're at it, leave us a review, a star rating, a comment. All of these actions help us to reach more people and benefit the show. As we close today's show, I hope that you'll do me a solid and raise a cup of your favorite beverage with me as I say my closing words. Here's to your health. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Without Compromise. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to learn more, visit orlonutrition.com and join our mailing list. You'll gain access to complete show notes, features, and informative blogs because nutrition shouldn't be an either or.